They came from across North America. They meet here each week in the basement of an abandoned comic book shop to talk comics. Covering all the news and info you need to the latest reviews and even books to stay away from. Join your hosts, Infinite Speech, the comic book clergyman, and the Spider-Man geek. Every week here on Tales from the Water. And welcome everybody to this week's Tales from the Water Cooler. Water Cooler. Ep- episode number 257. With us this week we have... Infinite Speech. And the comic book clergyman, the Spider-Man geek, is on assignment. <laughs> Which right. probably means he's on his couch asleep with his feet up or at the table, tabletop gaming. I think so. Probably one of those. Drink well, that is what we assigned him beer. to do. That's what it. That's yeah. what we assigned him to do. So, can't that, forget about the beer. Probably would, has a beer in his hand. That would mean that he is. Uh, that would mean that he is on assignment. So, uh, well, how you doing, Gid? I am getting better. Are you? Kind of like you. Yes, I'm getting my voice back. I don't sound like Kermit the Frog speaking through an empty tube anymore. So I'm. I think I'm getting better. I don't know how I'm going to sound on the other end of this, but you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. It's uh, you're under the weather. I take it. Well, it's, it's just more, it's allergies like this. When, when the weather shifts a little bit, it, it kind of wrecks havoc on my sinuses. So, you know, where, where is that villain in comics? What the allergy man? Like, I mean, that was, that would just, I think I remember the only character ever being bothered by his allergies while trying to fight crime is Spider-Man. The sneezer. How about that? That could be the guy's <laughs> name. In fact, I mean, I'm because sure. if, if he could, if he had, if you had the power just to make somebody sneeze, like it could, it, that could change everything. Like imagine, like you know, if Batman could make the Joker just sneeze in the middle of something, or you know. Or if, you know, Doc Ock could make Spider-Man, you know, sneeze in his mask. You know what I mean? Like, that's a real power. That's a real power. Like, I remember, like, Spider-Man had a problem fighting a villain because his allergies. It was, like, I guess allergy season in New New York City. And he was having the hardest time. It it even messed with his spider sense. Right. See, this is why Spider-Man was so relatable to people. Yeah. And How now, many of us have been out there and couldn't do our job because of our allergies? Yeah, I miss those. I miss that Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, I think we all do. I think we all do. I mean, it sounds like a lame-ass power, but when you really think about it, anybody that can get you to sneeze and just message your sinuses and allergies, you're 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 just down. Daredevil would be out of whack right there. Those headaches would kill him. Or if you were like like nobody's ever used telekinesis in this way like you could just create a small telekinetic bubble inside somebody's like sinus cavity and it would affect them in the same way that like a big old giant snot ball would you know 
See, this is the kind of stuff we used to bring up on Contest of Champions. That's right. That's right. Gene, Gene Gray could do that, right? We would try to think of the most outlandish way to beat our opponent. We would use powers in ways that they would never do in the books, and it was actually convincing and plausible. Ah, uh, those are the days. I mean, I wouldn't want to be Spider Man, um, Spider Man, and sneeze in that mask. Oh, I know exactly. Well, can oh, you imagine God. what that mask smells like anyway? Just like, have you ever like, <laughs> you, like, have you ever worn any kind of like sock mask over your face, like at Halloween or anything like that? And after just one night. Like your your breath, you know, like and and it and it just gets <laughs> on there, and then you can smell it, and it's awful. And like, just imagine Spider Man's mask smells like that all the time. Plus, he's like he's swinging around, he's sweaty, he's wearing tights. Like it's he's got to be the smelliest superhero. I mean, aside you know, from uh, Hope, probably. Yeah, Code in the blob. The blob, yeah. The blob, the blob in that New York heat is, oh, gosh. Now that would be bad. That would be horrible right there. See, I just need some, I need some Spider-Man that, that deals with that kind of stuff. Like, like you know, like his, like his suit. He has to, like, uh, like the, the sweat pits underneath his arms are, <laughs> are, have gotten so gross that, like, it's it's unbearable. Like that's that's the kind of stuff I need. I don't need any of this other stuff that's going on in Spider Man these days. The <laughs> you Parker. want to get back to stories like this. Yeah. The real stuff yeah. that matters. No no Parker Industries, no glowing spider. I want some I want some real rural real world problems. That's what I want. You know, I was asked if there's gonna be any point in time where heroes are gonna get back to fighting um villains. You know, that would be nice. <laughs> I can't really remember the last time that that happened, but over at Marvel, yeah. uh, the Scroll Invasion, maybe. Yeah, I mean Siege. Yeah, Siege Scroll Invasion. Not a real, not a, like a real good. Well, I guess uh, in Mighty Thor recently, Thor and Ra Solomon were fighting some. Uh, some, yeah, some but I mean, like on a grand scale, not not like just in their own title. I want, even that um, the Infinite mini series or whatever, not the Infinite Infinity, wh- yeah. whatever it was, where they were fighting Thanos and his people that led in, into the next crossover. Right. I mean, they fought bad guys there, but there was still the crossover that ended up having the Avengers fighting each other, oh, even right. in in that when they were chasing Reed down that led to Secret Wars. I always hated the the stories like the X-Men stories where somebody like somebody got mind controlled and then they all had to fight that person like and it feels like that's just been done so many times like I'm just tired of yeah I'm tired of superheroes fighting superheroes I really want like do you remember uh I mean I, when was the last time we had a good sinister 6 storyline you know well Dan Slot did one with Two, three years? No, three, four years ago, right? Oh, it had to have been for it was. It was before I started re. I mean, I haven't seen it when I jumped back onto Amazing Spider-Man. There hasn't been a Sinister Six story. So it was back when he had the three rotating uh, uh, Martyrs of Ramos, oh, Caselli, right. and um, um, your favorite. Oh, Kim and Coley, yeah. Yeah, those three artists were the rotating teams, and I think it was back then because that's when um, ah. Uh, 
one of, uh, I think it was Rhino that died or Peter thought he died. Oh, right. Yeah, and he thought it was his fault. He was at nobody else dies on my watch, blah, 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 all that. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's been, but like, you know, I kind of miss, you know, everybody will, you know, you can't stick with the old stories, but there was just that whole good versus evil. I like the gray area, but sometimes when you spend too much time in that gray area, characters can get stagnant. Sometimes you just need a good versus evil and i'm not i'm not saying i want i want the old stuff rehashed i want somebody to write new stuff like let's be creative and actually let's 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 come up with some new cool ideas for the sinister six or for any of any of these heroes and their rogue rogues galleries like let's make let's actually make the villains actually villainous and Make them come up with really, you know, diabolical schemes that are actually diabolical. You know, like let's 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 use our our brains here. You know, you know, like like the like the sneezer <laughs> that was using our brains. You know, the sneezer. Right. Well, we may have to fine tune the name. I like that the sneezer. All right, copyright. <laughs> that's ours marvel that's ours marvel <laughs> that's right. sneezer well hold on we let, let let's do a, a google search first and see oh that's a know. good idea yeah first we get first we got to do it yeah all right well let's uh let's go ahead and move into some news all right uh let's see now the news there we go now it is it is september 6th right now which means we have 24 days until Luke Cage debuts on Netflix. 13 episodes. Marvel goodness. I'm ready. They actually did release the titles for um, all the for all 13 episodes. And um, each title of each episode is named after a song from the group um, Gangstar. So, you know, if you want to go to that, you can just Google it, figure out. But if it was a hit, from Gangstar, then it's probably one of the titles of Luke Cage's episode. So I'm here for Luke Cage. I'm excited. Um, let's see. I'll probably yes, I will probably be taking September 30th off. Yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I also, I, you know, I, I I like that these shows come out kind of sporadically because I um, I'm not a regular Netflix subscriber. I only jump on when like only jump on months at a time. So I will jump on on September 30th and I will have it for the remainder of the, of the, of the next month. And, uh, and then I catch up on all the shows that I, you know, in that month. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to that and to, to Luke Cage and maybe going back and watching some Jessica Jones or some Daredevil as well. And, you know, and watching, uh, you know, I haven't, have you watched Stranger Things? Yes, I have. Yes, I have not watched so it, but I've heard it's fantastic. So I'm looking forward to that too. So now, okay. It, it's good. There are like, it's not perfect. And I see the stuff online, you know, I see the hype and it does like for people like you and me who grew up in that era, yeah. it really does tug on the nostalgia strings. Like it really does, but it's, it does have like some very good acting. The child actors are 
great. Like yeah. they are some great kids. Um, there are some issues like the first the first episode is always kind of uh, I give a show a show a pass. As long as I don't hate your first episode, then I'll give you you a shot. This one, it was good. It set set the tone. It was just that was like damn near great. And it was fun. And if you're a parent, it really does stress you the hell out. So but it's got the whole sci fi supernatural thing and the whole geek element down and season two. I mean, they've already like had the bar raised and I'm liking what Netflix is doing on TV. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's there's something to watch now. Now, I don't know. Were you watching The Strain at all? No. Uh-uh. OK. Has it been it good? Came back. Yeah, it's it's been good. It it has been. So if you have a chance to at least binge watch the first season at, at some point, do that. I don't think it's on Netflix or whatnot, but it, I, it might be on Hulu or something. I don't know. Uh, right. But um, the new season just started, and I like it. It's it's still a great series. I never finished the um, the novel, uh-huh. but I hear that's like a hundred times better. And the books are always better, from what you know, experience shows us. But yeah, the strain is pretty good as as well. And I think next week, Captain America three comes out. Oh, that's right, it does. On Blu-ray and DVD, so we get to see. Giant Man once again beat the crap out of an airplane. Oh yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Chala. that again. Yeah, again and again. Yes, I, I'm. Captain America Two came on earlier today, and I was like, uh, I think I still like Two a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I still like Two be, uh, better, but I, I still say these those last two Cap films are top tier. Oh yeah, they are. are They're absolutely yeah. It's. it's for me, it's Cap Two, Avengers, Cap Three. Ooh, okay. Those are those are my top three. Uh, top Marvel. three. Uh, I'll go Avengers still, just because. Um, I'll go Civil War, and then I'll do. Oh, it's close. I I, I guess I'd have to go Winter Soldier. But only barely edging out Iron Man one. <laughs> Iron Man one, just because Iron Man one is is classic. So, um, but yeah, I do uh, I do like those. Hey, did you uh, did you see uh, Suicide Squad? No, I haven't. You haven't seen that one yet. Unfortunately, okay. I have been torturing myself watching other films. <laughs> right. As I as I mentioned to you earlier, I did finally get around to seeing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 out of the shadows. And I remember everything I hated about the sequ- the original um, sequel yeah. to Turtles back in the day is the exact same thing I hated about this one except 100 times worse. It's amazing to me that they're making they're they're like remaking movies and they're as bad in the same ways. Like yeah, like like I, that's how I look at. That's how I see X Men Apocalypse is like a is like a remake of 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 X Men The Last Stand, but they're I mean they're two totally different, two totally different uh, movies, but they both they both suck in the same ways. It's the Jean Grey curse. It's it, or the Angel curse. I don't know. It could be or the or the Cyclops curse or the, or the Cyclops, Cyclops curse. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's like when I watch Turtles, I now these are these are ninja. They have weapons, and but once again, they didn't use weapons at all. Whereas I remember in the sequel, that was a big problem because parents were upset, 
So they didn't use their weapons. They used like sausages and all oh, that, you no, know, sausage really? for the dumb stuff. Yeah. You know, and it made it all just goofy and comedic. This one, yes, it is a very it is a good looking movie. Uh-huh. And I do like the fact that they um Shredder got a kind of a slimmed down tone look. Like there's not spikes everywhere. He's got the main ones on um his helmet and gauntlets. He has his black leather protective ninja like outfit on and it looks cool. That was it. I was like, wow, Shredder's outfit is awesome. And that is the highlight of this movie because Bebop and Rocksteady were freaking ignorant as hell. Yeah. And then I watched the How It Should Have Ended. Oh, <laughs> and, really? Oh, yes. And I just that is that would have made the movie more enjoyable because that was only like seven minutes long. But the movie was just it's it wasn't even good. I mean, Steve Steve Amell is Casey Jones, who's a bank guard who likes hockey. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's Casey Jones, but he's a bank guard trying to get into the FBI. He's trying to pass that test, and he and just happens he likes to like hockey. hockey. Yeah, he's got the mask. He's he's put on. He was one of the guards on the transport for Shredder, who's broken out, and so he gets put on suspended leave. Because they didn't believe, yeah, and it was like uh, the techno drone spot was kind was kind of cool too. They had the huge eye that shot the beam. Yeah, the crane redesign was okay, but don't give me a comedic villain that's that corny, and you already have an overabundance of stupidity with Bebop and Rocksteady, and you don't balance it out with the seriousness of Shredder and Tyler Perry as Baxter Stockman. I mean, he only had what he had to work with, and I'm pretty sure. They're only getting their source material from the 90s cartoon. Oh, boy. Because I actually watched the Nickelodeon Turtles. Yes. They use a various assortment of weapons. Yes. You know, they use a various assortment of fighting um, styles and skills, and it's fun, and it's still kid-friendly. This show, again, they're nine feet tall, and the guys are going up against our regular guys like you and me, you know, 6'1", 6'2", 6'4". And there's no way, and I'm just there. There was it was just a bad, bad experience. Oof. Things we do for our children. Well, thank you for watching that, so that I don't have to. No, no, Jeff, don't, don't. Like I said, I've, I've went through the X Men Apocalypse route, yeah. but I didn't think it could get worse. I actually liked X Men Apocalypse more than T T M N T. Oh wow! Yeah, and they both suck. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Well, God. Oh. all right. Well, let's uh, make a third one. We're gonna make a third one. Oh well, of course, because people keep spending money to go see that trash. So, all right. <sighs> well, speaking of spending money and trash, uh, let's dive into this week's picks. Now that makes it sound like we picked <laughs> some horrible ass books. <laughs> you got to save that for the backup. Let's set up. That segue was just all just yeah, wrong right it there. Was. It was a little bit off, but... <laughs> yeah. Did we pick the infinite again? I mean... <laughs> Ooh. All right. All right. <laughs> Whee! All right, up first is your pick. What'd you pick? <clears throat> I picked Eden's Fall number one. Eden's Fall number one, series premiere. Top Cow combines three of its most pro- provocative titles... Think Tank, Think Tank, The Tithe, and Postal, in an unflinching fable of revenge and consequence, FBI agent James Miller from The Tithe 
follows a sociopath into the off-the-grid town of Eden, Wyoming, on a personal mission of vengeance. <coughs> the price of this vigilante justice will be paid in blood, and both Eden and James Miller will never be the same. Written by Matt Hawkins and who's the other guy? Ryan Edward Hill? Yeah, I don't know why he wasn't in there. He's uh, not credited on the solicit? No, he's not credited on the solicit. Uh, uh. And Brian Hill, Matt Hawkins and Brian Hill, uh, art by Atilio Rojo, and uh, color art by... Nope, that is that is actually incorrect. What? Uh, no, Dave no. Michael Russell did the cover. He didn't do the interiors. Oh, I'm looking at the inside of the book now. Yeah, I know. It, said, it says K. Michael Russell, colorist. Yeah, because, um, <laughs> side note, and I'm glad he did, he emailed me. Let, oh. let me, me know that it was a mistake. Oh, okay. Yeah, for, you know, so whoever did the um, cover, he's, he did do the um, cover of the book, but he didn't do the interiors. Um, Rojo also did his own colors as well. Oh, okay. So Rojo yeah. is, the, is the artist. Uh, letters by Troy uh, Pateri. Yes. Who has been, I think, lettering all the great Top Cow titles from here to eternity, as long as I can remember. His name has been on it. So... Edenfall, I picked it because it combines three of my favorite Top Cow titles that have nothing to do with superheroes, cyborgs, anything. And so um, basically, if even if you haven't read Postal, The Tithe, or Think Tank, you get a very nice recap and you get brought up to speed and Hill and Hawkins just give you the necessities here and Everything comes together actually almost perfectly. Um, you have a villain from the Tide series that's hiding out in Eden, which is in Postal, and they're getting assistance from Dr. Da David Lauren from Think Tank on some of the tech used as they send in um, James, the other agent, into um, basically undercover um, to get Thornton. Now, the problem with Eden is it's a town that exists totally off the grid and is hidden by the FBI in Wyoming. So um, the story is, it's a thriller. It's got the suspense. Everything builds on, every title builds on the next title. And these guys work great, you know, coherently. And I was actually shocked that it, everything melded together this well. And, I, and then I, rem um, I remember that Hawkins also wrote with Hill, the beginning of of um, Postal, both of them were writing the series um, before Hill took over writing duties, sole writing duties. Hawkins actually writes um, Think Tank and, <clears throat> excuse me, The Tide. So, you know, when you have these two here, the only thing that kind of threw me that was a little weird was seeing these characters drawn by someone that isn't Ekdale or Goodart. And it was just weird at first, but not to say that Rojo doesn't do a good job with the um, with the visuals here. It's a good looking book. Um, you get a very nice grounded. You get to see how all the char the characters interact. a bat and it is just brutal and then at the end of the book if you're not familiar with the titles um there's even more information about all three to get you caught up so again you know you get a further introduction to the characters and all of this 
is about being comfortable in reading a new series. And I feel that the writers did their job. They nailed it. You won't be lost. You get great art, a solid story, and that's has no capes or tights in it. So it's all yours, Jeff. All right. Um, so let's see. I have not read really Think Tank or or Postal. I guess what maybe I read the first issue of Postal, but um, but I have been reading the Tide, so that so I kind of knew at least the the main characters in this issue. Um, uh, which are Jimmy and um, and uh, what uh, Dwayne and Samantha uh, and uh, so um, you know so this is kind of like this is kind of like Top Cow this is like Matt Hawkins version of the Avengers you know like these three <laughs> these three stories and kind of bringing them all together for for this one for this uh, for this one story and. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was it was good. If you like kind of more um, crime drama, that kind of thing, um, you know, this is certainly a, a, a all of the, all of those all of those that line of books are really really good. If you if you are tired of the superhero genre um, and you want something different, that's just good crime, you know, <coughs> stuff. Then, then you know, certainly check out check you know check out these books. Um, but a couple of nitpicks um, that I have here. Um, Go ahead. One was uh, I was a little disappointed that it that K. Michael Russell wasn't the artist um, because I really liked the opening. I, I really liked the cover. I thought the cover was really great. But that said, Rojo uh, Rojo's art is is very it's very good, very very good. I just was a little bit disappointed in the change. Um, and and I felt like uh, but in but, but I also um, felt like he took some liberties with some of the characters and they, di- they totally didn't look anything like the characters. Like there's, I, I mean, I guess it's really more of a design issue than it is anything like however these characters were designed, but like Samantha doesn't really look like Samantha from, from the tide and, and Jimmy really doesn't look like, um, and that, and actually that was a coloring issue, I think, and, unless, because Jimmy is going undercover, maybe he he dyed his hair. Um, right, I think his appearance is just altered. Maybe they did that, yeah. The way Rasan draws him. Yeah, so that was that was one thing, but there was just a little bit of um, those kind of issues that just you know, I it, it took me a while to go, oh, okay, these are those same characters. Okay, I get it. Um, but here's my biggest nitpick of all. Uh, let's see if I can find where it is. It's something that Samantha says, and I'm sorry, but a good writer uh, and a uh, or a good editor should have found this because this is this is actually this is this is so bad that it, it uh, that I really thought, come on, like really. Um, so I think I know what part. <laughs> so uh, Dwayne and Samantha are arguing. And, uh, and, and this is what, this is what Samantha says. I know you want to play FBI, send in the Calvary, but stop bullshitting yourself. There is no Calvary. Okay. There is a difference. There is Calvary 
is the hill on which Jesus Christ was crucified, okay? Also known as Golgotha, okay? The Calvary is where the, is, 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 a, is an army term where the Calvary comes in and saves, you know, saves everybody. And that, I mean, yes, it's a small little nitpick, but the fact that he used the word twice. What, it said Calgary? No, it said Calvary, C-A-L-V-A-R-Y. Okay, instead of, yeah, I thought Instead of cavalry, cavalry is what she meant. But that was, that stood out to me so badly that I was like, really like nobody nobody thought of that like nobody caught that um i just that was that was pretty bad what now what was the thing that you were thinking of oh it was when um well actually i confused it with um laura's part who's laura's a little bit more scary in this one than um she usually is yeah and i like her a lot she's actually i i hated her in the beginning of Postal. I thought she was just she wasn't that much of a character to me. Uh-huh. And like after reading the series now, she's developed a lot more <clears throat> and I'm actually liking her. And I see now upon further character de- um, development, like how it is. But she's um she's she's a very scary woman to run Eden. And I think she's the perfect choice. <laughs> yeah. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, anyway, so that that whole that that little nitpick thing just really, it, it, it was enough to take me out of the story and go, I mean, you're, this is your, these are, this is your job folks. Like your job is to write and editors jobs are to edit. And if you can't do like, if you can't do that, then stop, stop writing and editing comic books. Like at least do us the favor and, and, and do your job, you know? So, that really got under your skin it there. Really, it's it's like it's like the priest stole. It's like the it's 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 one of those little and people get it wrong. People people don't people don't get it wrong in in terms of speaking. People will say, "Oh, the cal the the, the cavalry's coming." Like people will say that, but when they write it, they always get it mixed up. And and it's oh, so it's it's not cavalry. It's cavalry. Ca- yeah, right. What you were saying. They're two very similar words. I get that, but it's just come on. Um, uh, and, and really, Matt Hawkins. Matt Hawkins should have known that. That's that's what I'm. That's what I'm more disappointed in because Matt Hawkins is a smart guy. He's a great writer, and he and sure we all make mistakes, but like he's also he knows about he's he's a he, I mean he knows a lot about religion and he should have known the difference between those two words anyway. So that's my gotcha. mistake. But um, gotcha. but other need a hug. Yeah, I might, I might need one. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, you know, I think uh, you know this is this is great. It's it's a little heavy for me um, where I am right now. I don't think I'm going to continue reading it. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, and and the other th- oh the one other thing is that I, did maybe I missed a couple issues. I felt like I read the last uh, couple issues of the tithe, but I feel like things have happened. <coughs> Things must have happened between that and this because I there was a there was, there was something about the conversation in the beginning with 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 Jimmy uh, trying to de- determine you know and his whole angst about his relationship with Samantha and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, 
to me, I was like, I mean, I knew they were together and I knew they had some issues and I, I just, the, the, something that felt, felt off about it to me. I don't know. I don't know if I, maybe I did, maybe I missed the last couple issues of the tithe. I don't know, but it felt, it felt like Probably. I had, yeah, it felt like I was. Yeah. Cause some stuff has happened um, between both of them to some, from where we're seeing these two now. Okay. Yeah, but like I mean, if you're new, you really don't need all that background information. I mean, you no, pr- you really much don't get need to move for um forward here. But yeah, but I will say I, this: I know for a fact I have missed a little bit of the tide, and I was like, huh? But I was like, yeah, because when I did, I do remember them having problems when I left off. I, I will say this: that if you did, if you read this issue and you really like the kind of the tone and, and what's going on. If you like all of that, then, uh, then go, you know, go back and read these, go, go back and read think tank, go back and read postal, go back and read the tithe because, um, you know, the tone is, is exactly the same as those. So, um, it's, uh, it's good stuff. So. Aside from the cat, the cavalry and yeah, the, the cavalry. Calvary Cal- and the cal- Calvary, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you a hug, man. That was, you had to get a lot off your chest. You have been holding that in since you read it. I know as soon as you saw it. I just read it this afternoon. I just read it this afternoon, but I was like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to say about that book. All right, well, let's go ahead and read it. How much hair did you pull out? How much hair, how much hair did you pull out? Or did you just pull out? Um, well, I don't have, well, I don't he's have. Got more yeah, I don't have much. So um, maybe <laughs> you call the kids over. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Let's rate it. All right. We go ahead and rate it. I give Eden's Fall number one and eight. I'll give it a 6.5. All right. Okie dokie. All right. Well, let's move it on to my pick. I picked Jupiter's Legacy Volume 2, number three. The world's greatest superhuman is back. Hutch and the gang have tracked him down to a secret hideout in northern Russia where the aging supervillain has become a bitter loner. With Walter Samson's League of Supervillains taking over the planet, can a world crisis haul this legend out of retirement, or must the gang face the bad guys alone? Written by Mark Miller and art by Frank Quitely. So, you know, continuing our gushing love for uh for this book. oh and then we should also say sunny uh, sunny go does the colors yes um and yes. peter doherty on letters and um and i just realized this is an all image uh week that we that yep. we've done here so um so let's see um you know we we have just we've been i, I might have broken our water cooler rule and and uh double picked uh but it was just it was just too good not to pick um so no, this, I think you only picked the first issue. Oh, maybe I did. Okay. Well, yeah. this, so this issue uh, picks up uh, where the, the, the little family um, uh, are looking for this, this uh, Hutch's dad, whose name is Sky Fox, um, who's been in hiding. And he's basically the big, the big bad villain. He's kind of like a Magneto type. Um, and he has basically been holed up in his, his little northern Russia uh, headquarters for, for all these years. And, uh, so they go and they start talking to him about, you know, get, trying to, you know, get him to, to join them in this quest to, to beat up the, the, the superheroes who have now taken over the world and who are now supervillains. And, um, 
And and there's just so much great stuff in terms of backstory on Sky Fox and all that. But the uh, but the really wonderful part, which Mark Miller does so well, is kind of talk. He he does such a good undertone of like family dynamics, and so you know Hutch is trying to you know reconnect with his dad, but this guy just doesn't really want to have anything to do with them. But then uh, but then the son. Uh, I guess his name is Jason. Is that is that right? Jason? Is that the boy's name? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> so Jason, you know, just immediately that he makes a connection with his grandfather, and and that's and so they start kind of talking the same language in terms of plans and all this stuff. But then, uh, but then Jason kind of gets a gets a, gets a low blow in there about uh, Sky Fox and his uh, his his parenting ability, and. Uh, so, so you think that he's not gonna? Uh, uh, you, you, it feels like that he's not going to uh, to j- kind of join their cause, and uh, they end up leaving and uh, deciding, you know, that they're just going to take the fight to the bad guys anyway. And uh, and then Sky Fox kind of shows up, and and I mean, it's kind of your perfect. Uh, I mean, I could kind of see, <coughs> see, I could kind of see it coming from a mile, but. Um, but it just it it was it was just great the way that it was done and and how you know Sky Fox just kind of comes in and he just completely kind of owns the show and uh and and it was just it was funny and and great and there's just some great uh you know quiet moments character moments between these and then you have Frank Quietly whose art is just great like you know, one of the things that he, that makes Quietly so great is that he can do a a long, a far away shot with not much in it, but it still looks interesting. Like uh, one of the first pages when they're when they're going into their their they get to the headquarters and they're just walking around the building, and uh, and it's just like these long, far away shots, and there's not much there's not much in the panel except for just building and stuff like that. But it's still, I'm still kind of looking at every little detail of it. It just looks, it just looks cool. And um, and then you've got the typical kind of Frank Quietly faces that he does, which, you know, um, I just, I just love the way he draws. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why his style is so unique. Um, but it's just super fun. And uh, and and uh, and then the, 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 even the last page, the 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 stitching in the costume of Sky Fox's. Uh, costume uh just the detail there was just great um it just it just made me uh uh i just kind of stared at it for a little while and thought hey i I really (laughs) i really like i just really like the way that this looks so um so overall uh, uh you know it's just continuing the awesomeness that is jupiter's legacy so take it away all right um yes we've been enjoying this um however I think the my only problem with this one is is that you can see like a lot of the plot development coming a mile away, and yeah, I don't want to I don't want to count that as like a negative towards the story because only you know I was always told that at some point somebody's comic you know that's their that's their first one, uh-huh. you know they may this you know it may it may be new to them and it's not bad it's just the fact that yeah you know I knew. Sky Fox was going to show up. I mean, there's no way he talked. He talked real big in that room, you know, watching watching those videos. And 
you know, he's had a long time to stew on this anger here of having this girl stolen and being imprisoned and everything and getting beat up by over 100 people because it took that many to keep this man down. You know, he wants some pay, some payback. So it's like, yeah, you know, he's going to he's going to come back. But um, art wise, Quietly's work is just great here. And I don't like it's it's funny because I was he's he's also one of those um, artists who when I first saw his style for the first couple years, I was not a huge fan. And then yeah. I started slowly coming around when he did Batman and Robin. And here between him and Sonny Go knocking it out visually, it's just oh, yeah. picture perfect like every single scene and i love the um the flashback scene you get the whole different um color palette and I always think that's a very you know it's a subtle but very effective flashback tool but the my my favorite part of this whole book is when <clears throat> you have grandfather and grandson actually you know having their little moment you know and he tells the kid he's interested um he's interesting considering he hates kids and he says, how did that happen? And he says, my dad didn't abandon me. And he just looks at him and says, get out. <laughs> and he said, have yeah. I touched a nerve? I'm like, that is the coldest line in comics this whole week. Yeah. He said, my dad didn't abandon me. I was like, I was, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> and he just said it. And that face, like, quietly just nails the expression there. And it's perfect. You know, he doesn't even, like, open the door. He blows out a wall, tells him, tells him to get out before they piss him off. <laughs> you know, but, you know, and, that, and and I think if it hadn't been for him saying that he wouldn't have shown up at the end. But, you know, that was that was one of those hard truth moments that just kick you in the nuts. Yeah, it was. So good. it was, you know, I want to see I, I I really can't wait to see the big fight. Yeah. There's got to be just one massive, huge fight here. So, like, like I said, the book looks good. Um, quietly works. Quietly's work still is kind of. You know, at some points the faces do look a little odd, but but it's his it's his touch, it's his it's his style, and no one else draws like him, and I like that. You know, right. so yeah, yeah. So we can go ahead and rate it. All right, I'll give Jupiter's Legacy Volume Two, Number Three, a I'll give it an eight. That's a mouthful, right there. I give yes. it an eight as well. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the backup picks. Uh, backup picks. I don't, I don't think I have too many. I have a couple. <clears throat> All right. My first backup pick, um, Judge Dredd versus, no, I'm sorry. Predator versus Judge Dredd versus Alien, number two. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that yes. existed. Oh, Jeff, it is, it is straight sci-fi heaven. First of all, I'm a huge Predator fan. I'm a huge Alien fan. Not, I'm, Judge Dredd is okay to me. I did like the Carl Urban movie, and I've liked a few of the books that, that I've read over the years, but I've never been a heavy collector. But you don't need to know tons of Judge Dredd history. You just need to know that these three are in the mix. There's a bad guy, and these three are fighting, but you've got this elite squad of Predator hunters. And I've, I've been reading Predator comics for a long time, and I'm, I'm trying to, to recall when we actually got a name for one. And I think it's been very rare, maybe about 15, 20 years ago. But there's a name for one here. And this is like an elite group. Like they all have distinctive looks. They all don't look the same carbon copy or whatnot. And these are some badass predators. And the story here is about to get nuts. So, yeah, it's a mouthful, though. But it is great. Predator, Judge Dredd, Alien. So, all yeah. right. There you go. Um, yep. Uh, I will also go with 
<clears throat> excuse me, postal number 14 it is. And um, it has nothing to do. It's not like, an, and this is what I also like. Their, ti- their titles aren't um, throwing in tie-in titles with the main, with, with, with the main, with the main ones. Eden's Fall is red in Eden's Fall. It's not red in Postal 14, the Tithe, you know, and um, Think Tank. You read Eden's Fall in Eden's Fall. So Postal is still continuing its story. And it's, uh, again, Brian Edward Hill is, he's quickly becoming an artist. I, an artist as a um, writer, as someone I respect. And I'm basically liking the places that he's taking this whole town and this whole story. So if you're not reading Postal, add it on your pull list. Um, I'll go with Rough Riders number five um, from Aftershock. It's a little twist on um, history. You have Teddy Roosevelt, um, Black Jack Johnson, um, Annie Oakley, Houdini, Thomas Edison. They're a team and it's it's crazy. So um, and I will also say Uncanny Avengers number 13. It was the best X-Men comic that came out. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Um, this is that Sons of the Double Ten saga number 37. And I even like Nova number 10, which kind of shocked me. All right. Uh, and uh, Civil War Two Choosing Sides number five, though it has it's an anthology book with three stories. I only like two. And we'll get to the story that I didn't like <laughs> okay. at that point in Alien <laughs> Defiance number four. So I guess I did have a few backup tickets. You have, like, yeah, yeah, you had a you had yeah. a big week. Yeah, I mean, I and, and it was funny because I didn't read anything from the big two until I pushed it all back because I feel that, and it's just me, but I just feel that the better quality com- um, comics are coming from the other publishers. That's well, you're right about that. Yeah. And it took a lot of convincing to get me to read Uncanny Avengers. Yeah, absolutely. But it was, yeah. All right. You're up, sir. All right. Uh, let's see. Saga number 37. Uh, Saga's back, and it just feels good when they're back. I mean, I feel like, you know, I just feel like things are things are supposed to be back to normal. When, when Saga's running, it's everything's okay, you know? Um and it's good. Um, I will say that if you do not like gratuitous nudity, uh, nudity, then uh, you probably <laughs> well, will not you like this. You, you will have not... stopped reading Saga a long well, time that's ago. True, but if that is your hangup. <laughs> but, but there's one panel in in, in particular that is. <laughs> you yeah. know, every now and then, when you open up a page and you see what Fiona has done. And you see yeah. what BKV has written in the script. I would all, I would just want a camera in the room when she sees when it. She sees it, yeah, but, yeah. Because I mean, now she's probably used to it. But I mean, you got. I, I just would love to see her ex- expression. Absolutely. In those pages. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that happened. Um, and let's see. I'll say uh, Han Solo number three. I'm just really liking Mark Brooks on this, and I wish that Mark Brooks would would draw the regular Star Wars book. Um, <coughs> he's just great, um, and this this story is crazy, and there's all kinds of crazy stuff that happens. And um, kind of on the fence about uh, uh, Uncanny Avengers. Yes, it was in fact the, the <coughs> best X Men book that has been kind of going on, 
But um, Ryan Stegman's art just has not held up well over the years. Um, what? You I, didn't like it, this issue? I did not like it. I, I mean, partly because I really was hoping that Pepe Larraz was, was still on the book. And he just, uh, he killed it so bad last, uh, last arc. That, uh, but, you know, I mean, that's kind of a nitpick. But anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, was still, it was still good. So I would I'd say it's definitely a backup. So uh, stay away from all right. Hold on. Real quick question. I was pretty sure you'd be able to answer this. How long has Rogue had um, the Terrigen sickness? Since. Like since, since the series started? Yeah, since, yeah, this version of the series started, yeah. Oh, well, damn, because I was, I saw it and I remember something, but that, that looks really advanced, like she's going to drop dead at any point in time. I'm like, okay. Yeah, she might. I didn't, yeah, I was like, uh. All right, so my first day away from, and yes, it'll it's the first story in choosing sides, Civil War II. Um, the whole thing with Tru- um, Trudeau, and I get it, he's a good guy, but this just seemed Who? like a lot of Justin Trudeau. Oh. The Canadian Prime Minister. Oh, that one. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Alpha Flight comes to him, he gives his op- opinion, and... What I've realized about all these tie-ins and anthology series, it pokes a lot of holes in the main fight in the core series. Yeah. Like they really have time to flesh out things because it's like, okay, but it's still a moral issue. You're locking up people who haven't done anything. And the only time something goes wrong is when you interfere. Mm. So Trudeau goes on this long explanation and the action you do get is after Alpha Flight leaves and, you know, they're under Carol. Tony comes in, I guess, for their inaugural sparring match like they're Apollo and um, Rocky and they spar and like Trudeau gets a jab in. Tony knocks him down. And the only thing I liked about it was the last page where he kind of like comforts Tony. But I'm like, it was just it was the Trudeau show. And like, like I said, great guy and all that. But it just didn't it didn't wow me. It was a little, pan- I- a little pandering there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and I understand, you know, um, Chip Zdarsky wrote it, and I know he's very, very proud of Trudeau and all, and all that, and I understand that, and I get it. It just didn't make for a good story. It wasn't for me. I'll I'll go there. That story was not for me at all. It was for um, the Canadians. Probably so, probably so. <laughs> um, so, uh, let me see. I'm also going to go with um, Justice League of America. Um, I have officially scratched that off the pull list. It is gone. Um, yeah, did not like that one yeah. bit. Uh-huh. Uh, 4001 AD number four is the end of the um, four issue miniseries event from Valiant. And everything was set up so great. And this kind of felt like a Marvel ending to an event. And when okay. I say that, I don't mean a, a good one. It just seems like, yes, it was a catalyst and a turning point for a character, but it kind of seemed anticlimactic. Hmm. You know, I was I was a little disappointed because it looked great and I was set up for something fantastic to happen and it didn't happen. So what did you want to happen? Uh, just something big. I mean, when you have and it seemed like the big stuff happened in the first two issues. The first two issues, there was a lot of action, a faster pace. This whole entire fourth issue was kind of like the last 10 minutes of a movie after the big battle has already happened. 
yeah. and you're hearing the nice soft violin music. You're getting those nice landscape shots as the characters stare off in the sunset and ponder their next direction in, in life. That's what this issue was. And it was boring. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want the, you know, there was a bit of a skirmish, but that's all it was be- between the hero and the big villain. You got a bit of a skirmish. That's it. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, it, it kind of bored me. So, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, what what else was there? There was something else I read and it did not. Ah, uh, oh, we talked about this. Spider Man Seven. Yeah, I'm a huge Miles fan, and I'm dedicated. However, I will not waste any of my money for subpar issues. Right. This tie-in to Civil War is a subpar issue, and it goes to show that a lot of this stuff with the tie-ins is shoehorned in. Just give me the main event. I don't need 24 times because this issue didn't get good until the last three pages, which means you made me overpay. I paid almost four dollars for three pages. Jessica and Luke show up in grand fashion. At the end, and that's not even the great part is when Miles fell asleep and I think it was what was a Yankee or gold balls that throws the paper in his mouth and like up and says Hulk because he experienced that vision that. Ulysses gave everybody, you know, and I, I, you know, and I understand, but the whole issue is him pondering Tony's question to, to him last um, issue and nothing else. Right. Let Spider-Man be his own issue. Let these titles go on their own, because what I'm also hearing from across the board is that like a lot of people are dropping those titles until this event is over with. Right. That's the good. That's the good thing about them putting the Civil War stuff on the cover so you at least know. Yeah, let you you know what to, to avoid. Because to right, avoid. that issue, this was the worst issue of Miles Morales being Spider-Man that I've ever read. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Three pages. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, since we're talking about it, yeah, Spider-Man number seven uh, is definitely... I, I'm, I, I've never been this close to dropping... Uh, a Miles Morales book. Um, I mean, I, I, and I think the I think the issue is actually a lot larger than just the Civil War tie-in. Um, this since this since this you know relaunch happened, um, this has just not been good. And I don't understand it because you've got <coughs> you've got Bendis writing him. It's the same character. It's the same writer. And, you know, it's been Sarah Pakelli who has drawn Miles, you know, most of her career. And I don't understand. And the only thing that's the only thing that's different is that Miles is in the 616. And and this is a good example of how the 616 is. I mean, the 616 feels like it's been dragging Miles down anyway. But now it's it feels like with the Civil War, it's. It's it's even it's even more so. Like, I mean, he spends most of the issue just fretting over just this this vision, and nobody cares. Like, it's just so it it just it's it just yeah. feels like you're just drawing things out, and it just like have yeah. him do something cool. Have him. I I just don't understand what where they're going with with Miles at all. It's like it's like he has no direction, and um, I'm just not. I'm just not really, I'm just, I'm really close to, I don't know how many more 
Civil War tie-ins there are to in in this uh, in this you know series, but um, but I'm really getting close to dropping uh, Miles Morales, which I really don't want to do because I just I I want to believe in this character. I mean, I've been with him since the beginning, and I really want to uh, I really want to be behind him. And the other oh, I, and the other thing is is I still think his mom should be dead. Like, yeah, I'm one of those. Too. Like that, to me, that is gone. like I don't understand. That was one of the things <clears throat> that made him who he was in the Ultimate Universe. Was that whole arc was was how painful it was and how well Bendis and and uh, was that uh, Marquez Marquez was drawn it then. Yeah. I mean, how good those issues were when when she died and and how it how it. Uh, how it made the his his relationship with his dad really interesting. Like this whole thing with the grandmother and the mom, and um, I mean, I don't mind. I, I think it's kind of a, a neat twist that the grandmother, you know, hired Jessica Jones to follow him. But like, I, I don't need the mom to be there. I really just I, I I wish she was dead. I wish she was dead. You know, and it's not anything about her in, in particular. It's just that you know that's one thing that didn't need to be fixed about Miles, and they and they and they fixed it, and it's like yeah, uh, it's just really if it ain't broke. Don't fix it. Yeah, it's just really really annoying. So um, so anyway, um, uh, what else? Uh, let's see here. Uh, I didn't really particularly care for the Astonishing Ant Man. Uh, number eleven came out this weekend. Uh, they've been kind of this. This has been kind of a long dragging kind of story too. Um, whereas, whereas in the previous arcs of of, of Ant Man, they've been he's been a lot tighter with his story. And I'm wondering if it's if it's just because you know they knew that Civil War two was coming, and so they had to kind of drag this out a little bit because Civil War two. So now, so I think the the next couple issues are going to be Civil War II tie-ins. And I just feel like, you know, it's, it's like when they know a big event is coming, they, they have to kind of stall a little bit because they can't really do anything that they've got planned because they've got to get through the Civil War II stuff. So it, it's, I'm so tired of Marvel and their events. I'm just so tired of it. Even though I'm, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying... Civil War too proper, but I'm so tired of these ancillary tie-ins. It's 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 just really dragging the whole thing down. I think so, um, uh, and I think that's it. I think those are all my 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 stay away froms. So I I I want to point out something to you. Sure. Um, so <laughs> the cavalry cavalry thing. Yes. It's used correctly in Jupiter's Legacy. Oh, is it really? <laughs> Scott Fox arrives and says the cavalry's here. Oh he, says, God, he says, the, he says the, the, the cavalry's here? The ca- cavalry's yep. here. Yep. See? See, there you when go. He, when, he, when he walks in, he's, yeah, he said it right. <laughs> he used it right. Oh, gosh. Would it be unkind of me to, to say something to Matt Hawkins about it? It's all about your delivery. <laughs> Don't come off as like a pompous asshole. <laughs> well, but I, I mean, he's I a very easygoing guy to talk to. I mean, you just shoot him an email. Nah, nah, I, I, I better not. 
better. Maybe, maybe, I mean, we, maybe look, he'll it's listen. It's already out there in the ether because we're speaking it on the show, That's and true. as quiet as it's kept. Well, I don't want to be. I don't want to be a jerk to us. I don't want to be a jerk about it. I just, I, I you know, I because I, I know he's a great writer. I know he's, you know, and I know everybody makes mistakes, but it's like, you know, but that is funny that Miller got. It. So, <laughs> anyway, I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, that's really funny. I'm glad you picked up on that because I, I missed that. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up this this here episode of Tales from the Water Cooler. We want to thank. Uh, all of our outlets, TMB Cafe, Underground Video Network, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and of course, ComicAttack.net, where you can find all kinds of wonderful content like chirps and reviews, news, manga, movie reviews, columns, podcasts, and of course, wonderful product reviews from SuperheroStuff.com. <coughs> yes. um, so, uh, so go check out all the great stuff there and... Leave us a leave us an iTunes review. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, there's lots of great ways that you can connect with us on social media. So please do that. And uh, that's about it, right? Anything that's it. else you got? Stay thirsty. Stay thirsty, my friends. Have a great week. <laughs>